So Money, episode 1032, how one small business is curbing layoffs in the pandemic. An interview with Dan Price, founder and CEO of Gravity Payments. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. We were able to quickly come together and save a million dollars total through all those things. And that doesn't count the extra hours that people want to work and the extra projects that they want to take on. Welcome back to So Money, everybody. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. As CEO of his company, Dan Price, whom you just heard, went from earning a million dollars a year to $70,000 back in 2015. And today, his salary is $0 as his business, Gravity Payments, struggles to stay afloat amidst the current economic crisis. You might remember Dan, who joined us here on the show back five years ago to share news of how he was raising the minimum salary at his company to $70,000. And he himself took a massive pay cut to that amount. Now, Gravity Payments is facing a 55% drop in revenue. This happened in just a matter of weeks amidst the pandemic. And like so many businesses, had to make quick financial decisions to avoid bankruptcy. Now, rather than laying off his employees, which many businesses are doing, Dan has managed to keep everybody on staff How's he doing it? He has a unique strategy that he's here to share and something I think can be a lesson for many employers. Here's Dan Price. Dan Price, welcome back to So Money. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me, Farnoosh. It's really nice to be back with you. Yes, you were here five years ago. I couldn't believe it. I went back in the archives and I was like, I think Dan was here, what, like two years ago, five years. Uh, Basically, I I think it was the first year of my podcast. And at the time, you were on the show to share a really exciting change at your company, Gravity Payments, raising your company minimum wage to $70,000 per year. It made news everywhere. And um, you yourself at that point took a huge pay cut from a million to 70,000 a year. Now your story is different and um, you're back on the show with a brand new corporate strategy in direct response to the economic crisis. And I want to talk about some something that you're doing that I think is quite exemplary, keeping your employees employed, avoiding layoffs with a very unique strategy. Before we get to it, though, let's have you share how the pandemic has impacted your business. What's been the domino effect for Gravity Payments? Yeah, well, um, thank you for that. And I appreciate you saying all that. So yes, we are, our revenue is a function of small business revenue. So we make a very small percentage of what small businesses accept in credit card payments. And our whole business is based on charging uh, people less just to get paid with credit cards and also making sure that they have all the technology to be able to compete with Amazon and Starbucks and the big companies. So we try to just stick up for the little galler guy, and that's what we're all about. And unfortunately, the small businesses that we're passionate about and built our whole business for, they have just been uh, just walloped by this pandemic, by this crisis. Many of them have lost 100% of, of their revenue, which means we're not making any revenue on those businesses. And all of them have been hit pretty hard on average, um, we've lost 55% of our small business revenue 
uh, in the pandemic. Um, and it, it started like, you know, 10, 15, 20%, and then added another 10, 15, 20%. And about three weeks ago, um, we were at about 55% down and it's maintained that level for the last three weeks. That's understandable. Yeah. I mean, if you don't make money until your clients make money, these small businesses, you're in trouble. And of course, spending is down across so many categories. I understand I was reading, I think, in Inc. magazine that a lot of your client base, restaurants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 25% of our clients are restaurants. And restaurants have been hit harder than almost any other industry. Um, you know, our on average, our restaurants in Seattle are down 85% right now. But I'll tell you, we're rising to the challenge and we're starting to see some glimmers of restaurants doing what they can. Maybe they had to lay off 200 employees, but they're fighting to keep those last six or seven employees. They're fighting for every single employee they can. And, you know, they're all of a sudden they're able to do, you know, to go food, but Uber Eats is gouging them for up to 20, 30, or even 40% of, of the bill. And, and the competitors for Uber Eats are doing the same. So, in just a matter of a couple weeks, we launched uh, an online ordering service so that our restaurants can keep 100% of the revenue that they make from their to-go food. And we've been operating that just for the last couple weeks. So it, it, it's really been hard for us. And they, they are 25% of our customer base is restaurants. So having 25% of your customer base lose almost all their revenue has been very devastating for us. But even more so, our hearts are with these restaurants because, you know, I see several times a day restaurants that are wondering, are they ever going to be able to reopen? And these are businesses that employ people, that serve their community, that the customers love. They really did nothing to deserve this fate. And it's really heartbreaking to see. Was Gravity Payments prepared in some respects for a recession? Although this is not even, this is unforeseeable. Like we we did not think that this would be what a recession would look like, although we had predicted one, you know, after a 10-year bull market, what do you expect? But how in some ways were you prepared and not prepared? Yeah, well, and I know, you know, your listeners are are some of the top people in terms of thinking about their own personal finances. And this is one of the top podcasts for that. So I understand like kind of how, where that question comes from. And we have the same thought. We were thinking we'll prepare for the 2008 recession and we'll just pretend that it's going to start today, every day. And we've been doing that since 2008. But in 2008, we lost 20% of our revenue. And at the time we made five or 6% profit margins. So we went from five or 6% in the positive to 10, 15%, 20% in the negative in 2008. This time we said, okay, we're going to shoot for 10, 11, 12% profit margin And we're going to make sure that we have a line of credit lined up and some other financial cash resources lined up. And because our growth rate is so strong, many years we grow 25%. As long as we have enough money to weather the storm for a year, we'll be able to basically just freeze our expenses and grow out of it. And that would be better than doing any kind of layoffs or doing anything to charge small businesses more. But this recession has been between two and three times worse, two or three times deeper than the 2008 recession. So we were not anywhere near prepared for what has come here and and seems like almost nobody has been. Now, before we get to the strategy, which I want to, I've been teasing this now, it's like (laughs) many minutes into the episode, but 
I'm, I'm curious, do you think that raising your company's minimum wage in some ways put you in a more, uh, in a weaker position for a scenario like today? Well, it depends on how you look at it. You know, I, I think that you could certainly look at it that way because um, prior to raising the minimum wage, I was putting a million dollars a year in my pocket. And I became a millionaire in my 20s, and my net worth has not increased at all in my 30s. Um, I was just about to t- turn 30, I think, five years ago when we, when we first started talking. And so having more money certainly would be beneficial. Having pr- higher profit mar- mar- margins would be beneficial. So I think that argument will be made about us, but I'll also make the counter argument, which is the level of license and autonomy that our team has is really fantastic, number one. Number two, the capability that they have, the fact that they can be flexible, the fact that they can invest in their health, invest in their business savvy, because they're not just kind of working paycheck to paycheck to make ends meet. And then I would say our motivation as a company really comes from just trying to help those small businesses succeed. Prior to COVID-19, we would launch two to three new business initiatives aimed at helping small businesses keep up with these huge Goliaths, these huge monopolies per year. Since COVID-19 hit, we've launched five or six of them that have all been taking off. And so the motivation and the the kind of pure uh, uh, care that our 200 employees have for our community-based businesses, I think all of that was supported by the 70K. So it costs you something like most things in business, and it gains you something. And I'll let people out there decide if they feel like it would have helped us more or hurt us more. Well, this transitions us well, because I do think that it is helping your strategy, which is in lieu of laying off your employees or furloughing them or just give you know giving them pink slips your employees came together under your direction to provide you with some advice on how to keep the lights on so tell us about this strategy very much supported by your staff yes absolutely so i want to be very clear that this was not an idea that i came up with or anybody on the executive team it came from employees that are dealing with our customers every day and we were just very transparent about how the right thing by the book to do would be to lay off somewhere between 20 and 50 percent of the employees so that would be you know 40 to 100 people that would lose their job Number one. Number two, the right thing to do would be to add, because our competitors charge usually a monthly fee in addition to a percentage fee for all their customers. And if we did that, we'd still be pricing way below the rest of the market, but we could add a $40 fee to our 20,000 small businesses clients. That would net us $800,000 a month. So between those two things, we would be completely in the clear and it's totally doable. I mean, it would just be gut-wrenching and it would feel wrong and I would lose sleep and feel guilty. But from a strict business X's and O's standpoint, that is what we as CEOs are taught to do in this situation. So I laid that out there for the employees. I was just transparent with exactly what the facts were. And I said, my goal was to avoid layoffs or price increases to clients. I I was completely open-minded. And if other people thought we should do one of those two things, I wanted to hear from them. But I also promised that I wouldn't make any decisions on it for four or five days because I wanted to speak individually one-on-one with every single employee in the company and get their feedback. So I spent the next 40 hours after that meeting 
uh, well, 40 hours spread out over four days, 10 hours a day, meeting with every employee, getting their feedback, getting their ideas. And there, there was an amazing amount of unity and harmony. There was the first idea that came up that was really interesting that we didn't end up doing. The first idea that came up that really piqued my interest was, let's make this a democratic solution and we'll come up, we'll make you, we'll give you suggestions so that you can see what you could propose that we would all vote for. But whatever the solution is, Dan, you come up with it, but then we'll vote. And, and if we don't, if you don't get enough votes, if you don't get 50% or 80% of the company on board, then we won't do it. And you'll have to come up with another idea. So I like that idea, but somebody else pointed out that a one size fits all solution in a crisis might not fit because we have a tremendous amount of diversity at gravity and a tremendous amount of diversity in terms of how the crisis affected people. For example, one guy raised his hand and said, hey, Dan, I want you to know that my wife makes a ton of money, way more than I do, and she's in a great job that is actually not harmed at all by the pandemic. So I can go without pay, or I can wow. take whatever pay cut you need me to. And then we had uh, another uh, a woman who raised her hand and said, my husband just got laid off. And so we went from two incomes and we had kind of set up our whole life on, on having two incomes. Now we only have one income. And so I'm going to work as hard as I can to try to see what I can do to contribute here. We also had some people who said, hey, I can work extra hours. Like now that there's a stay at home order, my social life has been completely fried. And so I'm saving money because I'm not spending money socially uh, so I can afford to take a pay cut. And also I can work a lot more hours. So tell me what you need. And then we had other people who said the opposite, who said, you know, their childcare, their school for their kids, their single, single parent, you know, they, they all of a sudden not only have a pro professional and financial potential crisis on their hands, but also they're trying to figure out how to stand up, you know, homeschooling and childcare and all those things in terms of like, being able to even focus and work at all. So there was just a huge amount of diversity and people pointed that out and said, one size fits all doesn't work very well. It would be really, really hard on some people. Why don't we just open it up to everybody individually rather than having Dan or Tammy, my chief, our chief operating officer, make a decision. Why don't we set it up and just have every individual just do whatever they can. And so we've solicited everybody, tell us what you want to do. And we had 98% of the company asked to cut their pay, all but four people. Um, but what really got me was we had 10 people that said they wanted to go completely without pay. And we had between two and three dozen people say that they wanted to take at least a 50% haircut. And I'll admit something a little embarrassing. I was planning on taking a 50% pay cut, but after 10 other people said they were going to go without pay, I realized I needed <laughs> to do the same thing. And so, um, so then I announced that I also was going to go without pay and, you know, it's not just the, the financial aspect though. That's the immediate crisis. It's really about the recovery. We have a gentleman who's been working basically around the clock and lawyers, you know, still have a lot of work to do, but it's harder for them to get paid if they never see their clients. So he came up with basically a whole software program for lawyers to be able to email an invoice to a client and get paid easily. I mentioned the restaurant one. We partnered with a company called Joe Coffee, which is a, a coffee shop app for ordering oh, yeah. ahead mm -hmm. so that people can do social distancing. And we found and identified that partner. Um, 
this is still early, but I tweeted at Danny Meyer, the famous New York restaurant uh, entrepreneur sure. impresario, and said, hey, why don't we put together some technology products right now? And so we're just in the early stages of talking to his team about what can we do to help the restaurant industry. So the level of innovation that all of a sudden is coming out of this is fantastic. Will it add up enough so that we'll be able to be sustainable before the funds run out? That's what we have to figure out over the coming months. Right. So it begs the question, what was the net savings through this this exercise of having everybody say, here's what I can contribute? And what is the runway now? So we we thought that we were kind of in a million dollar or so gap, but it was a little worse than we thought. It was more that like a million and a half because the, the sales kept falling afterwards. But we were able to quickly come together and save a million dollars total through all those things. And that doesn't count the extra hours that people want to work and the extra projects that they want to take on. But what's staggering to me is that we did that in less than two weeks. So we came up with a million dollars of savings and we cut our loss on a monthly basis from like one and a half million or maybe just a little bit more to a, to a bit more than a half million uh, we have we don't have savings, but we do have a, a, a five six million dollar line of credit that we can tap into. So we think that'll buy us, you know, eight nine ten months. But also, we don't know that the, the employees working at Gravity will be able to maintain their pay cuts for that whole period of time. And since it's totally optional, you know, that's a discussion that's still ongoing. So it's a there's a lot of unanswered questions right now, and we're still trying to sift through it and figure out that path forward. But it does sound like focusing on the abundance as opposed to the scarcity is what I'm hearing, right? Because mm-hmm. I think what the knee-jerk reaction to an environment like this is to immediately think, and it's totally human nature to say, okay, I don't have enough, I'm scared, and I, I can't uh, take a pay cut, but rather, you know, what is it that I can actually, what do I have? And you know, what's the reality of that? And what can I potentially, quote unquote, sacrifice, but but for a higher cause? I think that's quite brilliant. 16 million people, though, filed for unemployment benefits in the last three weeks, Dan. And so um, a lot of businesses are not following uh, your footsteps. But do you mm. think that you have sort of inspired a new sh- a shift in thinking about how to cost cut in an environment like this? Are you hearing from other business leaders? A good idea. I'm going to do this too. Yes. And I've heard it from dozens. So that's been inspiring and heartening. But I learned my lesson in 2015. Because in 2015, you know, I was out there saying, I'm taking a million dollar pay cut. We're going to have a more fair system that that really doesn't undervalue people so much the way that our system does. And I heard from people all over the world that they were going to follow suit. And many of them did to their credit. But what happened in the intervening time was that income inequality got exponentially worse. And even if you look at it from a business standpoint in the world I'm in, um, it used to be that the top 100 corporations in the United States made 40% of the profit. That was 20 years ago. Now, 20 years later, even before the pandemic, the top 100 corporations make 86% of the profit. And so the rich are getting richer, and we're, they're starting to translate that money more and more into power, into things like corruption, into things like maybe even kind of eating at democracy a little bit. And so, so I I learned my lesson that we probably need laws, not probably, we do, we need laws 
we, we, you know, relying on individual business owners to make a decision. In 2015, I 100% believed that consumer choice and business choices would, would, would solve this problem. And we just needed a little bit more time. But we've had that time. And the problem has gotten so bad with, you know, 86%, 85% of all new wealth going to the top 1% every year. And when you go into a crisis like this, the effects are not equal. If you have a lot of money, if you have a lot of assets, if you have like all those things, then, you know, it, it hurts you a lot. Maybe you're looking at your bank account or your portfolio and feeling the pain, but you're not out on the street. You're not wondering if you can get food or medicine or the medical care that you need. And that's the situation that we're putting more and more people in. So while I do hope that as many business people as possible will follow my lead and will come up with their own solutions that that solve this problem. I do think that if we want to protect things like opportunity, things like people's ability to take control of their own personal finances for the next generation, we need to change our laws and have the structure, have the have the actual system have integrity rather than relying on a few people to make it out alive. I'm with you. I 100% agree. And so when you look at the future and you look at your company's future, um, what are some necessary changes that you think Gravity Payments needs to make in order to make up for this current this current time? Because I understand I read that you're going to try to make your employees whole in the future. So that's mm-hmm. going to require increased revenue. And it sounds yeah. like you're already doing a lot of innovation and accelerating some of the goals that you had been planning. So in the future, where do you hope um, you're going to be getting increased revenue streams from? Well, there's there's absolutely nothing right now that I can indicate that says I can project our ends meeting before we run out of funds. I don't think we can say that right now because the growth rate that we're historically at just doesn't make up that 55% gap. We would have to basically double at this point to become sustainable. And that's before we even think about paying our employees back. We have 20,000 small businesses that, that use our service and love working with us. I think we probably need that number to be 40,000, but we've never added more than a few thousand in a year before. And I have no idea how we're going to do it. One of our employees did come forward with an idea of there's so many people that are furloughed, that are looking for, you know, a little bit of like work that are maybe on unemployment. And so we came up with an idea to have a small business champion program where people can connect community-based businesses with our services and they can earn a $200 referral fee to do that. And so it's not much, but it's something to help those furloughed workers to be able to have some type of opportunity. Um, And I, I have to say, you know, we have the tools to either help businesses cope the best possible that they can with COVID-19. But those same tools are the tools that will help them to market themselves and grow their business in the digital age. So it is a time for the ones that have the strength to, to, to put some focus into that, uh, to, to pay attention to that. And also, you know, what we've done for 16 years is we've always charged way less than our competitors just to get paid on a credit card. And so businesses need that too. We have a a sterling reputation. Our customers love us, but we've never had the budget or the, or the marketing to like really, you know, be known for, for what we can do for small businesses. Even with the whole 70 K story, 
people kind of brushed under the rug, like our, the main thing that we do, the main way that we make money, which is helping these small businesses. So I think we have to find a way to get that word out in a way that we never have before. And I'm, I'm hopeful, I'm optimistic, but I also feel like I'm swimming hard upstream. I have the only way that I can keep myself going is I just have to remember that I'm in this to, to, to make a difference for those small businesses. And I think I can make a bigger difference. I think we at Gravity can make a bigger difference in the next 16 months navigating this really tricky time with those businesses than we have for the last 16 years. And even if we don't make it, even if we go out of business, I still feel like we'll be able to make a difference all the way until our last day here. Wow. Not to get too sad, but if you did, let's just be hypothetical. If, if gravity yeah. payments had to shutter, yeah. what's next? Where, where are you thinking you might pivot? Uh, you know, I have no idea, but I will say, I will say that, um, we're, we're going to fight every inch of the way. And so the reason why I have no idea the answer to that question is I have no time to even think about that. I am 100% just in for those small businesses. I'm not thinking about my career or zooming out and how does this fit in? I will say that, you know, I've been very blessed. My parents didn't go to college, but my, uh, but they very self-educated and started teaching me business when I was very young and started building my company when I was 17. So I, I asked my girlfriend yesterday, just tell me everything's going to be okay because I need my focus on my business, on my employees, on my clients. And as soon as I start to feel scared personally for myself, it's not productive. And I really don't need to, because I know that I'll be okay. I need to think about those who are in a worse position than, than I am in this crisis and how to save them. And if I can do that, then I can have the pride of not knowing that we survive because many will survive, but knowing that we deserve to survive. That's what I'm fighting for. It's not if we do it, it's do we feel good going to bed at night that we deserve to make it? And that's what time will tell and we'll find out. Well, I'm honored to share your story with our audience. I know that everyone listening so appreciates your efforts, the message, and we hope a lot of business leaders are listening. Uh, a wonderful modern day case study in a difficult time. What's really exciting to hear is that this has really pushed innovation within the company. And I do think that yes. ultimately that is what is the silver lining to all of this, right? Similar to what totally. happened in the recession is people had to think outside the box. And a lot of that outside the box thinking became the norm and built new economies and new revenue mm -hmm. streams. And so yeah. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'm with you 100%. And I, I do, I do just, you know, I, I'm like, just trying to enjoy each day, enjoy the journey as much as I can. It's a heartbreaking scenario. But like, just try to get a little laughter, a little joy. And, you know, I would say the same thing for you and everybody that I know is like, let's all, you know, look after our health first and foremost, and then just try to help each other as much as we can. Dan Price, thank you so much and best wishes. And we would love to stay in touch and know how things go. I know every day is a new day. Sounds great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thanks so much to Dan for joining us. To learn more about his company, check out gravitypayments.com. And if you missed any of this episode, head over to somoneypodcast.com where you can get the transcript and also listen and share the audio. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I hope your day is so money.